Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Optimal Startup Daily, episode 74, How to Beat the Competition, part two by Steve Pavlina of stevepavlina.com. And I am Dan. I am your personal narrator for these amazing entrepreneurial blogs. And I'm here every single day reading to you. It's sort of like an ongoing audiobook covering the best startup advice that we can find. We've got a great roster of authors who've been kind enough to allow us to share their content with you. And today's post is actually a continuation from yesterday. So if you're new here, you should probably listen to yesterday's episode first. That's episode 73, which, by the way, also marks the five-year anniversary of our podcast network. You can check out that episode to hear more about that as well as the first half of today's article. But if you're all caught up, let's continue the post from Steve as we optimize your life. How to Beat the Competition, Part 2, by Steve Pavlina of stevepavlina.com. Book Writing Example When I started writing my book, Personal Development for Smart People, I decided there was no way I'd write a generic Me Too book. For me, the easy problem would be to create a book that was just a collection of advice about how to make improvements in different areas of your life. I quickly dismissed that option, because lots of people can write such a book, and already have. There's a centuries-old glut of such books. I see no point in adding to the pre-existing clutter. This just isn't a hard enough problem. So I decided to write a book that would be very, very challenging, something I've never seen done before. I set out to find the common pattern behind all successful personal growth efforts, to identify a complete set of core principles that would be universally applicable. Other people have tried to write such books, but they provide only partial solutions filled with gaping holes. To define what the set of principles would need to look like, I outlined several criteria, all of which would have to be satisfied. These principles have to be true for anyone, anywhere. They must be timeless, meaning that they can still be expected to work a thousand years from now, and they'll still have worked a thousand years ago. They have to make logistical and intuitive sense. They must work both individually and collectively, so they're effective for any group of any size. They must work on the moon as well as Earth. If I found myself alone on an alien world, I'd still use them. They must be culturally independent. They must work equally well for all areas of life health, relationships, career, money, etc. They must be collectively complete, so no critical element is missing. And they must be simple, elegant, and beautiful. So basically, my goal was to define the hidden mathematics of personal development, the underlying structure beneath the surface chaos. I wanted to discover the personal development equivalent of prime numbers. This is extremely difficult because it means the solution has to be fairly general and abstract but it must also have abundant practical applications. I researched many different concepts and frameworks that took a stab in this direction, but which always fell short of these criteria, everything from Stephen Covey's Seven Habits to the Noble Truths of Buddhism. I racked my brain again and again, asking repeatedly, what is the underlying pattern? There were tiny clues everywhere, but the full picture remained a mystery. 
The task seemed nearly impossible, and I had no guarantee there even was a solution. I ended up rejecting an almost endless progression of partial solutions. It was frustrating to find a solution that looked good at first, only to discover that it was full of holes. It took me almost two and a half years, but I eventually found the solution I was looking for, and it's reducible to a mere seven words, which inspired the first seven chapters of the book. The other 80,000 words of the book are explanation, illustration, and application. Virtually all of the book's value lies in understanding those seven core principles and how they interact with each other. Once I had the principles figured out, writing the book was still challenging, but fairly straightforward. The principles themselves are simple and will appear almost obvious when you read them. It's only when they're assembled in a certain way that the value becomes clear. Once I figured out these principles, I started seeing them everywhere. Without exception, I can look at anyone's personal problems and describe them as a violation of one or more of these principles, and the principles automatically suggest a solution that is both logically and intuitively sensible. I can derive any other sound personal development concepts directly from these principles, including all of Covey's seven habits and the core elements of the world's major religions. These principles are the prime numbers of personal growth. Because I picked the right problem to tackle, I've no doubt the book will have a significant impact on those who read it, and I expect it will endure for a very long time. In my mind, that success has already occurred, even though the book is still many months from release. This was by far the most difficult project I've ever attempted. Once the book comes out, I can basically keel over and die happy. It's hard to think of anything more satisfying than coming up with an elegant solution to a really difficult problem. Two and a half years of hard work was a fair price to pay for this result. How do you beat the competition? You do the things that others don't, won't, or can't. Basically, you need to find a way to apply your particular strengths to solve problems that are nearly impossible for most people to solve, but which are easier, though still challenging, for you to solve. This requires developing an awareness of your strengths. See my post from 2007 called Discover Your Strengths for more on that. The hard problems that you're best suited to tackle will probably look very different than the ones I'm suited for because we probably have different strengths and experiences. You can apply this tackle the hard problems idea to any area of your life, not just business. Look around you for tough problems that other people can't seem to solve, but which you think you have a decent shot at solving. If you really put in a serious effort, what problems could you solve in your workplace, your family, your social circle, your community, etc.? You may not like the words beat and competition. And that's okay, because you don't need to look at it that way. In truth, you aren't really beating anyone. Everyone is free to tackle hard problems, but relatively few will exercise that choice. So instead of beating the competition, you're really just leaving the competitive pool behind and blazing your own trail. You're actually choosing not to compete at all. When it comes to competition, if you're doing work that lots of other people could do just as well, you're making a strategic blunder. Try to figure out what you're capable of doing that makes other people quit, even if you still find it challenging. When other people start accusing you of becoming obsessed with an impossible problem, you know you're getting warm. What's good about competition? The benefit of competition is that it motivates us to identify our strengths and put them to good use. Even the cells in your body compete for resources when necessary and those that prove their value get preferential treatment. This is a fair system because it increases the whole body's fitness for survival. 
Similarly, our economy tends to divert extra resources to those who prove they can provide significant value for the benefit of all. Some see this as a reward for hard work. I see it as a way to encourage continued value production from those who are already productive. Of course, an added benefit of tackling hard problems is that they help you grow. There's little to be gained from doing what's easy, and it's a safe bet someone else will handle the easy stuff anyway. The real value lies in pursuing the thorny path, the one that scares away the timid adventurers. You just listened to part two of the post titled How to Beat the Competition by Steve Pavlina of stevepavlina.com. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. And one of the things I really love about Indeed is that it filters out those incompatible applicants. So when you're hiring, the process is much faster and you only have to consider applicants that are already likely to be a great fit. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com startup. So just go to indeed.com startup right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash startup. Terms and conditions apply. And that concludes Steve's post from yesterday. And to tell you a little bit more about him, he's a pretty fascinating guy. Before he started blogging about personal growth back in 2004, he ran his own computer game development company for 10 years, mostly focused on nonviolent puzzle games. For five of those years, he wrote articles on the side to help other software and game developers. And readers kept requesting more articles on a wide range of topics, which eventually motivated him to get into blogging. He retired from game development when he realized he could create more positive ripples in the world by shifting to personal development work. He says he still enjoys programming and occasionally writing his own software tools to assist with personal growth experiments. And nowadays, he does everything he can to support the growth of readers of his blog. So come check it out at stevepavlina.com and you can find that linked in this episode's description at oldpodcast.com. But that'll do it for this weekend. Hope you're having a great one and I'll see you back here tomorrow as usual where your optimal life awaits.